What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of After the Game, a conversation with my dad where we talk about all things sports and especially the NBA Finals as the finals come to an end. My name is Spencer. Hey, and this is the dad, Barry, with you on this After the Game episode, the final 2020-21 NBA game comes to a close and our last episode about the NBA during this season as we look to the offseason and what the 2021-2022 season will bring. We have some new champions in the Milwaukee Bucks. So the road to the championship now goes through the Bucks. Any initial thoughts, Spencer? So not their first ever championship. They won it back in 71 with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Roberts. So if you notice the times two on their t-shirts, that's why. They definitely deserve this one, I think. I remember beginning this season, we as Jazz fans felt good beating the Bucks because we were thinking, wow, we might have just beat potential NBA championships or champions. And it really showed in the games and in this series. I'm impressed with the Bucks because they won four straight games in the finals, which just shows their mentality and their level of play. Yeah, great point on the four straight wins. They were down 0-2 and came back and won the NBA final series. I believe they were down 0-2 early in these playoffs to the Brooklyn Nets, which I think most of us said would win the East and possibly the NBA finals. This was their seventh, I think that's right, four-game winning streak during the NBA season for the Bucs. They did it in the playoffs already. They swept the first round, I think, which was the Miami Heat this year. And um, then they came back and put a four-game winning streak into the NBA Finals. Just an amazing performance by a complete team. We can talk about their superstar in Giannis, and he truly was that. But we also have to make mention of the complete team effort. They couldn't have done it without Middleton. They couldn't have done it without Drew Holiday. Bobby Portis had a special game tonight in a game six in this closeout game. And just an all-around win for uh, a team that you can like. I, I, I think that's the one word that I would say tonight or the phrase that I would use. The Milwaukee Bucks are a team that you can like and that you can root for and that you're there's really no animosity even when they beat you. And as a Jazz fan, you, you were upset and you wanted to beat them, but they don't really have a guy on this team that you don't like. And that's what's very interesting about this championship team. Fair to say. I think everybody's fell in love with Bobby Portis. He, he really stole some of the show just with his work ethic and also his, um, just kind of his likable attitude and his heart. That really helped the team. And, and you can see Giannis kind of bring to life these role players with his leadership in the way he played the game he brought energy to those on his team that were maybe specifically in there just for some reason like pj tucker for example he only had he didn't have any points this game but from Giannis's fire he was able to have a great impact on the game which goes a long way but we have to talk about some of the stats that Giannis had he had 50 points 14 rebounds and five blocks so that's huge for tonight they got blown out in the first couple games against the suns but then when Giannis kind of woke up, it almost seemed like he was unstoppable. And tonight he was. He, I think he was the first player since, the, since 1950 to score 50 points in a finals closeout game. 
So that might be a little bit confusing just saying that right now, but in, in the last game of the finals, in the, in the past 60 years, no one has scored 50 points. And I think you mentioned earlier, Dad, that there was, there's only been seven players to score 50 points in the finals. And so this, this likable Bucks team was led by a likable player who brought his team to their best level of play. And I think it was well-deserved. Yeah, very good points there. And those other six players in the NBA finals that scored 50 points are some names. You'll all have to look it up but they're amazing players. So Giannis is in rarefied air and just had a heck of a series. As I was looking at the stats and you talked about Giannis and his 50 points, 14 rebounds, a couple of assists. You mentioned PJ Tucker. He plays 36 minutes tonight, no points, six rebounds, one assist. He only took one shot wow. and it was a three pointer. That goes back to what we both have said about this being a true team effort. Um, Coach Bud of the Bucks clearly trusted him to be on the floor because, quite frankly, if your guy's scoring no points, why is he out there? Well, each one of them played a part. And then Bobby Portis comes off the bench, 23 solid minutes, 16 points, 6 of 10 in field goals and 2 from 5 from 3, and just a lot of effort from him. So this Bucks team rolls through the East beats good teams, great teams along the way. And I personally thought the Suns would win this when they went up 2-0. I thought there's too much talent. Devin Booker is a superstar. Chris Paul is a Hall of Famer. Mikael Bridges is shooting the lights out. Um, DeAndre Ayton's a first-round pick and playing really well. And I'm thinking there's just no way the Bucks really come back and beat them. Not only do the Bucks come back and beat the Phoenix Suns, to grab the NBA title, they win four in a row. Yeah, it's definitely impressive, and no one can argue that they deserve it the most. That they deserve it. I did hear, and I don't want to name drop, but my brother-in-law mentioned after the game was over that the Bucks had the easiest playoff run. And you probably think differently. I don't think they had an easy playoff run. They went against the Hall of Famer Nets. They swept the Heat, which I mean, you could argue, but they were the defending champs. And then they came back and won against the Suns, who I thought the Suns, like you, with Chris Paul, with his window closing and his momentum, might have been the favors. So I don't think they had an easy run to, to win the playoffs. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say the word easy in any championship, whether it's in high school or grade school or anywhere. To be a champion, you have to beat teams. And you have to be very good to do it. I don't see it as an easy run. You made mention of the Miami Heat. Uh, let's face it. They were the Eastern Conference champions last year and played in the NBA Finals. And they beat them. They played the Brooklyn Nets. Regardless of if they were at full strength or not, they have three future Hall of Famers that were on that roster. And they beat them. And not only did they beat these teams, they went down in some of these series and came back and beat them. So... Listen, Giannis is, uh, is making a mark as one of the greatest players to ever play in the NBA. And so watching him do that, and yet watching him in the trophy presentation a few minutes ago, I loved his poise. I loved his um, humility. And I loved his energy. It's a special combination when the player doesn't get selfish at the podium, doesn't say it's all about me. 
right. then says, if it wasn't for Chris Middleton and the eight years that we've been together and for him pushing me day in and day out, we wouldn't be here. I thought that was great. And I'll put a little bit of, um, a little bit of oomph into this podcast, a lot different speech from Giannis tonight than from LeBron last year. And it just goes to show a little bit more in my mind, professionalism when you win a championship. Yeah, maybe he's not as Hollywoodized, if that's a word. Um, he definitely is a little bit more humble, and maybe it's his background. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. But, like, I do think he recognizes others around him. And we, you mentioned Chris Middleton and even Drew Holiday. I wouldn't call this team a super team, or at least what we define as super teams in this, in this day and age, as, like, superstars that are all on the same team. But I, you do have to give Middleton and even Holiday and, and some other players on the team, but especially Middleton, I don't know if the Bucks would be where they are or would even be in the finals if it wasn't for Middleton. He kind of stepped up and he outdid his role, which makes it easier for them to make those runs deep in the playoffs. And what I mean by that is he, he scored more than he was expected to score. He would defend better than he was expected to defend. When other teams are going into the game, they kind of plan things out. And they kind of say, okay, we can afford to give up this many points to Chris Middleton, or we can expect this out of him. I think he exceeded expectations, which put the Bucks in a better position to win. Again, that doesn't take from Giannis's 50-point night and his other 40-plus point nights, but he definitely was – you couldn't have done it without him. And Giannis knows that, and that's what I like so much about him is he doesn't try to take his level play to a higher level because he knows it wasn't just – his doing yeah when you talk about Chris Middleton there was a play down the stretch maybe with a minute left where they did uh, a handoff from Giannis to Chris Middleton and he hit someone of us fading uh, to his right jump shot to really kind of put that last cap on a little piece of momentum Middleton and and, and somewhat put the game out of reach and uh, they just trust in each other and you're right they don't get here without Middleton. This wasn't all about Giannis. You talk about a super team. I like that comment. The Bucks are the seventh most expensive team in the NBA from a salary perspective. Chris Middleton is actually making $6 million more this season than Giannis. So Middleton's at $33 million, Giannis at $27 million. Drew Holiday's quite an expensive player at $25 million. And then Brooke Lopez, who had a good little run tonight of about four, six points in a row at a very crucial time, is another well-paid player at $12 million. So I don't know what you consider a super team. You're right. But they have three major stars making a good amount of money in Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Drew Holiday. And it truly takes three great players. So uh, looking at the Phoenix Suns and their stats tonight, Booker finished 8 of 22 from the field. Not a great game for him. 19 points. Crowder had 15 points, 13 rebounds on 4 and 11 shooting. Okay night. A lot of hustle from him. Chris Paul actually went out with a really strong night, 26 points and five assists on 11 of 19 shooting. But you, you listen, they scored 98 points, still a fair amount of points. But tonight's game was about defense. When you looked at the end of the first quarter and heading into the second quarter, and both teams are still in the 20s in points scored, you knew it was going to be a rough night and it didn't start clicking until about the third quarter when Giannis scored 20 points in the quarter. Um, but a hard fought defensive battle. And quite frankly, 
the Bucks were the better defensive team tonight, and the Bucks came away with the championship. And, and to prove that the Bucks were a better defensive team, if you look over, I think they had want to find the exact number. They had, I think, about fifteen turnovers. Um, uh, they had tonight the Bucks in turnovers. They had 18 turnovers. The Bucks had 18 turnovers, but I think they only let up about 12 or 14 points off of those turnovers, give or take a couple extra points, which if right. you, which was less than the Suns gave up on their turnovers. So the Suns had the Suns had 14 turnovers. And I think they let up more than 12 points off their turnovers. So it just shows that when the Bucks would turn the ball over, they hustled back to get to defense, and and then you look at so that just proves that they're valuing the defense end of the game because they'll turn the ball over and then they'll work hard defensively to make sure it wasn't a blow to them. And then PJ Tucker, again, we said only zero, only one shot, zero points. So there's gotta be an impact somewhere else. And I think it was defensively. And if you look back at some of the greatest moments for the bucks in this series, they start on the defensive end. Giannis's block, the steal the other night, they all start on the defensive end. And so yes, defense does win championships. And so I wanted to just ask you, Dad, if you had a favorite moment from this series or what is your favorite NBA final moment of all time? Yeah, so a, f- a favorite moment of this series is one uh, that we've seen over and over again. You have to give it to Drew Holiday. And even though his shooting percentage here and there during the series was not great, in fact, it was somewhat porous at times, his defense is tremendous. And last game, game five, his steal when Booker brought the ball back into the middle and and um, Drew Holiday collapsed on him and stole that ball, then went down and alley-ooped it to Giannis to somewhat put that game a little bit out of reach. That's my favorite play of the series. Now, you can talk about a couple of blocks by Giannis. He had an amazing block in game one on a, on a uh, where he had to race down the floor and was LeBron-esque in blocking a shot. He had the great block on the alley-oop to Aiton. But my favorite play is one that we've seen over and over over the last 48 hours. And that was, or, or 72 hours, I guess you could say, what um, Drew Holiday did uh, against, uh, against Devin Booker. My favorite play of the NBA Finals of all time, while there's, there's just too many to remember, um, they all have to be with that six-year run of, um, of the you know, the three years and then the two years off and the three more years of the Chicago Bulls and just all the things that that Bulls team did um, in the finals to win the finals, whether it was Michael Jordan's final shot against the Utah Jazz or um, whether it's Steve Kerr hitting a shot or even B.J. Armstrong hit big shots. Um, the Bulls and those six finals that they won amazing plays. Um just so, so many great plays in, in the NBA finals year over year over year um, and fun to watch. Yeah. So Chris Paul doesn't get a ring this time. And personally, that's okay with me. I don't know if I've mentioned it before. I'm not a huge Chris Paul fan. I understand he's good enough and he might even, based off of his level of play, deserve a ring. But I'm happy he didn't get one. And so now as we go into the offs, Yeah. No, go ahead. I, I Yeah, go ahead. So now going into this offseason, I don't know what his contract looks like with the Suns, but this is going to be an interesting offseason for a lot of teams. Where do you, do you think Chris Paul signs with LeBron and the Lakers? Do you think he sticks with the Suns for another run? What does that look like for him? And then maybe we can move into – I mean, 
maybe we should just do a whole other podcast later on just what the offseason means for teams. But right now, what do you – it's fresh. I don't want to take away from the Bucks' victory. I don't want to take away from the championship. But let's just I, – I, it is – it'd be kind of remiss if we didn't go over Chris Paul and his no-ring um, uh, season. Yeah, so I, I understand what you're saying and agree on, on you know, the points that you're making. Not so sure I'm happy he doesn't have a ring, but I'm, I'm, it, it doesn't make me sad. So I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. He is one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. His assist total throughout his career is great. His leadership on the floor is tremendous. He made Devin Booker a super, superstar this year. He willed that team from a non-playoff team to an NBA Finals. So he gets great credit. I'm just not pleased with the way that he plays the game in certain moments. Kicks his leg out, rolls around. um, Complains. Fakes and and flops. um, He draws fouls. It's all part of the game and you have to give him credit for being crafty and shifty and, you know, really thinking through the game, but it's just, he just mucks up the game with silly flopping and arguments. So for that reason, you know, not a big fan of his, but listen, he's a great player and you got to give it to him. What does he do in the off season? Again, a whole nother podcast. Um, What I understand is he did not take, the player option and he's putting himself out there as a free agent where he believes instead of making 44 million dollars he thinks he can sign for more and whether that's the Suns re-signing him or another team he's going to I use this phrase roll the dice and see if he can get a bigger contract I understand that the Suns and quite frankly if you are the owner you might run this back and, and spend yourself into oblivion, which means you've got to go sign, I think, Chris Paul. I'd have to look at the contracts of like a Mikel Bridges or a Cam Johnson. There's a couple of players on this team that you've got to go overpay if you want to run it back. And I'm hearing that the Suns are going to do it and that they feel like they're built for a championship. And um, we'll see where the owner uh, puts his money. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. I definitely think he turned the Suns team around because he's a great player, but it's going to be an interesting off season for a lot of teams, but I guess they'll stick on the bucks for a little bit more and they're just kind of incredible when, um, let me pull up some of the other stats. Yeah. And, and, and we can just tidy it up here. I mean, the bucks actually in the post game, um, you know, trophy presentation, said what most teams say, but they've said it pretty strongly now from their coach to Giannis that they're going to win another one. And yes, now the championship road goes through Milwaukee, um, but they're going to come strong and try to win it again. It's it's hard to repeat. And I think some other teams are going to get really good. And there are some teams that were injured this season that are going to be back at full strength. The Nets, um, we'll be back at full strength. We'll see where the mental toughness of Kyrie Irving sits. Um, our own Jazz should be healthy, and they're going to make some moves, no doubt about it. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are going to be healthy if 
barring any sad occurrence to that team and Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. And we could go on and on and yeah. again, another off-season podcast. But the Bucks have now stated in the trophy presentation they want to do it back-to-back. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's everybody's and – I, and, I, and I like how Giannis kind of approaches that as well. Um, another quick fun fact, it looks like the Giannis brothers, there's three of them. I, I, I don't really know. I'm not the Giannis brothers, the Ante, Ante, Ante Canupo brothers, sorry. <laughs> they, there's three of them in the league, and all three of them now have won an NBA finals. So they're the first trio of brothers – to win a championship, which wow. is kind of incredible, especially, I mean, they're, 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 they're not, they're Greek freaks for a reason because they're just born with incredible bodies, but they're also talented in, the, in their craft. Um, but I think that's pretty incredible that three brothers have now won the NBA finals. And so that's, um, that's exciting news for, for the NBA, especially. I always like it. If you look at this, we had a MVP from outside the United States and we had now a finals MVP and a finals just kind of leader from outside the United States. So I personally am just loving the growth of the NBA and their kind of ability to reach other countries and draw in not only fans, but players that want to come over and play. And it kind of just shows how how big of the community the, the NBA is. And I like that a lot. Yeah, good, good point. And um, just the, the global growth of the game is exploded. Uh, soccer, football will always be the number one global sport. It will, basketball will never reach the heights of that. However, um, basketball certainly has made a great stride it has to be in that from a global yeah. perspective. On the TV as we wrap it. Go ahead. So I was going to say that this has, do you think this is the first time then that there's been an MVP from outside of the States and then a finals MVP from outside of the United States? Um, the same person. You know, you're asking a question without me going and, going and reading. I think Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA champ. You're cutting in announcements. What? Side so putting on the spot, but I, I was just thinking maybe it's the first time that there is a finals MVP and a regular season MVP from outside of this outside the United States that aren't the same person. Uh, possibly, you know, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to look it up. I mean, we, we know Dirk Nowitzki's won a championship. I'm sure there's been others. We're just, I, I can't go back and, and think about which international players have won NBA championships and or an NBA finals uh, MVP. I mean, supposedly, you know, you look at Tim Duncan, I'm not so sure he was, I, I can't, I can't remember. So that's, that's just, a, yeah, just a, whatever question. Um, so they were just showing uh, on the post game here, um, Monty Williams coach of the Phoenix Suns was in the locker room of the Milwaukee Bucks. And, um, and what a class act Monty Williams has been throughout the season yep. as, as a uh, coach. I thought he was coach of the year. I guess Thibodeau uh, got that, but boy, Monty Williams did a heck of a job to bring the Phoenix Suns from nowhere to an NBA finals appearance. That's what you love to see. My other brother-in-law is a huge Bucks fan. And he said that he never thought he'd see the Bucks win the championship in his lifetime. 
And it's funny because if you look at maybe the league five years ago, or even, I don't even know, but a short time ago, the Suns and the Bucks weren't up there, you know, they weren't really considered. So you can see the coaching, you can see just the level of competitiveness that occurs in the NBA and just how fun it is to follow the sport just because teams, I mean, if you look at other sports, sometimes the top teams are the top teams and that's, there's nothing that's going to change that, but look at, look at what Monte Williams did with the Suns, and look at kind of the, the loyalty of Giannis and, and everything. And, and it just shows that teams can, can win it. Right. Well, what a great season. It, it comes to an end with a new champion, uh, a champion that I think has been a year or two in the making. Good to see Giannis get it. It'll be really exciting to see if he can repeat. It brings some spice to next season. I don't see the Suns walking away quietly. They now are the best of the West, and teams are going to have to beat them to be Western Conference champions. And it's like you said and uh, a few minutes ago, it's going to be a very interesting offseason. It always is. I think this one's going to have a lot of flavor to it. So we'll uh, be back uh, with a few more episodes of After the Game as the offseason continues. So thanks, Spence, for a great end of the season and start to our, our podcast. Um, I would say that over the next few weeks, we'll put together a few more of these episodes and maybe do a true after the game, after the games, Olympic games, which will begin this coming weekend and uh, maybe do some recapping of some of the Olympic sports. Yeah. So make sure you guys all subscribe so you can get the updates on our takes on these sporting events and It'll be fun maybe to put together next time a little episode on what could happen during the NBA offseason and what it what everything means and what salaries are like and just all the contracts that might go down this offseason. Just so you guys are all informed and that way you guys have something to look forward to. But that was great. Thanks for a great season, Dad. You bet, Spence. Thank you. Love you lots. Have a great evening and we'll talk soon.